Lucky you. 36 best holes in golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Sandy. Poker. James Bond. Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script. Down the stretch they come. We are glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. (laughs) Okay, Billy, we are back to the golf course after some hiatus. We are back to Wingfoot. Let me see. It's been a long time. Oh, yeah, we did the 7th West, what, about two months ago? I think so. (laughs) I, I, I... Like I said earlier, this it's it's hard to keep up with us uh, if you if you're expecting some kind of order or script, it's not going to happen. I'm keeping track through using a Wingfoot scorecard, just like we would keep track of our sixes and sevens <laughs> and fours and threes. Occasionally, we get a four and a three. Yeah, so you need Glenn have... to tell you how many putts you had on on each hole. Yeah, that's right, Glenn. You know, you have to pay extra for him not to tell you. Arena. Eight. Eight is arena. And we're going to come back. I'll put some other pictures in from the tee and so forth. We've got some great pictures to show. But how about 493 yards from all the way back? 493 and a a tee shot that is very difficult to manage if you don't have a cut. So for me, it, I, I'm okay because my I cut it a little bit, and for the big boys, they can take it up over that tree line on the right side. But you know, it's a very—it's probably the most difficult and demanding tee shot out there because there's no room for error. And even if it wasn't a difficult tee shot, there's no room for error on the hole. It's the number one handicap of of the 18 on the West uh, Course for a good reason. There's a fairway bunker out there that can grab you if you if you're short and in the rough on the left. And many people are on the left because they're avoiding the tree line on the right. Or you, if you don't avoid the tree line on the right, you could be right of the tree line. You could be popped over near 16 east, and you got to punch yeah. something out. And that you know you punch it out too far left, you'll come up in that bunker. So it looks like it won't be a problem that left-hand fairway bunker. But every now and then. You find out why it's there. Well, that's the thing. If you hit it in the rough, I was there the other day, and I literally had to pitch out an iron sideways because if I tried to hit something out of it, it's going to be in the fairway bunker. And I'd rather be pin high with the fairway bunker in the fairway for a third shot. You know, it does require you from, okay, from the whites, it's 423. So let's say you hit it 230. You still got 190 left, which is a five-wood or a three-hybrid for most people right in the yeah. uh, 10 8 10 but you know going back that who was the guy was it sam sneed he says yeah you we we went over those trees you know and so forth yeah, about four years but the thing about wingfoot eight west is different when i grew up and in the days of say doyle and paul and frank wheelie or jp o'hara or there's a guy we play with, Jamie Hinchcliffe, who hit it long. Joey McGee, shoot, the Carlucci's, uh, Joe, Kaz- the Kazikas, Mike Kazikas. They still, most of them still had to hit a fade around it. Some of them right. would take up a, a wing foot pencil. Because they didn't yeah. have those, you know, Chichi Rodriguez, who you played with, had those long tees. Right. You, or just put a tee in just ever so much and tee it up as high as you could. And then hit it high over the, over the tree line. 
they would make that about one and two. It wasn't an automatic. Those trees are not that much taller now, but it just shows you how much lower the ball flight was back then with a balata ball and a persimmon club. You, 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 you really had to hit the curve left to right. And the pros, all tee shots are easier from the pros. That's why they're pros, but they actually, it's probably an easier tee shot for those guys from the way back than it is for us from the white, because there's a little more room to get it up over those trees to get to launch it. Uh, and distance isn't, isn't going to be an issue for them. And some of them might even hit a three wood, right? To keep it yeah. in the fairway left. Yeah. It, if they hit the three woods, 290. So that would be leaving them 200 yards left for most of those guys. That's sometimes a seven and eight iron. These and the better days, players, un, unlike the baseball players who have turned into a bunch of, I don't know what, where they outlawed the shift because these guys, you know, can't hit it the opposite way. A good golf pro can hit it left to right or right to left or high or low, whatever, whatever he needs to do. And, you know, just like the, uh, like the old Rod Carews and Tony Olivas and Wade Boggs used to be able to hit it. You want to put the third guy over there, put him over there. I'll hit it where he ain't. Right. Not anymore. Baseball's turned into, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think they should just put the whole thing on a computer and not, not even bother going outdoors. So this picture you took is great. You see so much in it. You can see the fourth east T, the third east green, eight east green, eight west, eight east fairway, and the water tower. But the, the water, water tower, tower is interesting because that's a good line for your fade. If you hit it at the water tower with a fade off this T, you're going to be in the fairway, correct? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. You'll often think you're going to be way right in the fairway, and you're not. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very difficult tee shot especially because like i say knowing that after the tee shot the, the hole's not over no matter how well you hit the tee shot right. the fun's just beginning the green is awesome it was uh was it bobby collins who told us that the guy hit a draw into the back right of this hole which is mind-boggling yeah the pin is in the back right so there's a little spot over there this isn't the best angle but in the back uh, 25 feet to the right of where the pin is right now is a pin placement Right. And um, the gentleman, uh, actually, Claude Harmon was recounting this gentleman from Long Island who played in the Anderson, who used to hit the ball over the bunker and he stiff it in the back right. Now it's right. Talent. Yeah. That's, um, that was Claude Harmon, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you see this bunker over here on the right, they've gotten so much harder. That pin, if you're in this front bunker, that pin location where the pin is, you might be able to get it pretty close. But if the pin is pin high to you to the left over there. Yeah, on the left side. It's tough, roll tough to get it close because it's downhill right over the bunker and it just keeps going. You can put a ball down on the on the edge of the green outside that bunker and it'll roll pretty much across the whole green. Right to left. It's also so it's, it's always important where you leave your second shot. If you're not going to be on the green, and depending on where the pin is, you you do not want to be tucked over on the right side at all because everything's going right to left up there. And unless you're Phil Mickelson, you're going to have a hard time getting it close to the hole. Yeah, this is one of those holes. First of all, it's the number one stroke hole. So anybody who's playing with anybody and there are a few handicapped strokes higher, they're getting a stroke on this hole. Front, middle, front, left. Perfect. You're going to make a bogey at worst. 
you might get lucky and make a long putt, but you also can lag it up to two or three feet and make a par from that front left, just about any pin placement, right? Yes. Even that back one, it's hard to read, but you can still get the speed, maybe even go too far, and it will come back a little bit as long as you don't putt it over the green. Yeah, in essence, there's no place, there's no time you want to be short right It's uh, versus short left, regardless of where the pin is. The, the other thing I like about this picture is it solidifies in people's minds. Anybody that's been to Oakmont, which is a highly rated, very tough golf course, but literally Oakmont has five trees and they're to the right of the 18th hole, shielding the 18th approach shot from the driving range. This picture shows you it's current. I think you just took it. Yeah, this picture is two weeks old. Look at all the trees here. Yeah. Look at all. There's forests of them. And we yep. we we pruned a lot of trees, especially if you look down eight, those um, terrible little, I mean, you probably like the apples in October. Once in a while, you got a good one. But those were weeds. We got rid of like 10, 15 apple trees over there. But look at the beautiful vistas that you get because of that. You can see the bunker on, yep. on three east. You can see the pond. It, it took years of, of uh, realizing that there's a time and a place for trees and, and golf courses are not always the best place. I mean, they're beautiful to have, but because they're so beautiful, the topography, the beauty of the topography wasn't recognized until the trees started coming down and you realize the land itself is beautiful. The contours of the land are beautiful. They're all pleasing to the eye. So it's a, a combination of things. So a beautiful tree will always be a beautiful tree, but there are places they don't belong, like on runways and yeah. right next to greens. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. Well, for people who don't play wing foot on a regular basis, you also get an appreciation of the undulations at wing foot. And you can see them in this great picture you took. There's at least four or five or six good from the front left. There's that little undulation over there to the back left, to the back right. There's many examples that where you just said over the bunker. If you put a ball there, it'll go all the way down, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So that, you know, I remember years and years ago, it's, it's got to be 20 years ago, maybe 25 now where you know, you'd go play a course, say, in uh, North Carolina, and you'd come back and say, the place was great. You, when you're on one hole, you can't see any other hole on the golf course. Right. Now, the thinking has changed over the years, and it's like, those were nice, cozy courses and fun to play, but that many trees is just not good for the, for the agronomy. Yeah. They, they steal nutri uh, nutrients from the, from the grass. They're, they're always going to win that fight. I've spoken about the tree that was behind 10 at, at uh, Simonoy that according to its height measured 100 years old, but was only 60 years old. It didn't get that big because it was, you know, eating Wheaties. It was eating the, the uh, nutrients that were being fed to the green. And the back of that green was always very difficult to grow grass on because the tree was soaking up all that, all, everything that was meant for the grass, for the green. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one tree they were going to take down, I remember, we're not talking about One West, but if you on the Tia One West and you look out in the right center where you want to hit it, there's a tree that kind of forms this kind of an A frame. And right. they were going to take that down. They didn't. I'm glad they left it there. 
because it's also a nice aim when you play eight east. Yeah, it's, um, not it, unfortunately west. not in this picture, but it would be right off to the right in this picture. Just to the right, yeah. yeah. You could almost get it in if you had a little wider shot of this. But yeah, I think this is a great example of the thousands and thousands of trees that are at Wingfoot. While we still have, I don't know how many different vistas like this. I mean, think about the view on six east. You can see people putting on three west. You would never see that before. Right. Oh, look. You know, our friends are up there on three west and they're they can look down and yeah. You can see people on three west from here. I mean three east from here. If you look hard enough through the trees down there to the left, you can see the bunkers that are greenside there all the you way can over. See people on the T on three west and almost people on two east. If you look hard enough, you can see the uh driving range pine trees, which are those are about the only pine trees left at the course, right? They're they have a good function there. Yeah. They they protect the uh, the eighth uh, the uh, eight east fair eight west fairway or excuse me eight east fairway from uh, guys who can hit it over the net. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to tell you a story. Many you know when I was a young kid, I was lucky enough to caddy for some of the good golfers. One of them's name was Billy Kuntz. Billy and Bobby. As somebody mentioned, they played in the Masters. They played in the U.S. Open, U.S. Amateur, uh, decorated. Decorated. One was a little short on the other. Billy Kunz had a distinction they, of having aces on every hole at Wingfoot. So <laughs> we're on the uh, 8T, and he hits it off to the right in the woods. Now, twice as many trees back then. They were that was really a forest. Right. There was this little kind of doorway opening and that those days they still carried two irons and three irons and he was a good player decent lies he gave me the two iron and the pin was about where it is here couldn't see really much of the pin we could see the opening and he hit it bullet through the opening and it landed in the fairway about even with the fairway bunker so maybe a good 100 110 yards in the green it scooted up scooted up went in the hole for two <laughs> the most unlikely of yeah. all outcomes, right? He, but he hit. He's a hoping he could shot. save par. Yeah, I mean, some people are like Steph Curry on the golf course. His brother Bobby was that way. You know, every hole, every hole he had a shot to, whether it was a par three or not, he was looking like uh, hooping it. Right. <laughs> I, I also remember Davis Love in the uh, in the PGA. He was in the left rough, and back then we had those white birch trees, if you recall. Yep, 150 yard or so markers. Well, this was a tall birch tree and it was about 190 yards or so from the green. Now, this is how many years ago? 25 years ago, the PGA or so that he won it. He took 97, was it? Yeah. 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 So 25 years or so. He took a nine iron out because he had to get over the birch tree mm -hmm. and he just boomed it over the birch tree onto the middle of the green. I said, oh my Lord. Now, yeah. that's what some of these guys do normally from a tee on a par three. You know, there's a little right. wind thing of a nine iron. But that was 25 years ago. And that may very well have helped him, you know, have the confidence to just outpace everybody. It wasn't close. He was so far ahead, right? Yeah. And the rainbow came out. And yeah, that was uh, quite a moment in it, it, history. Yeah, it was such a... Big in, in, the, in the history of Wingfoot sharing 
their glory with the outside world, uh, you know, with fans and PGA pros who, you know, they get to play the best courses in the world, but they don't get to experience Wingfoot until, you know, such time as a, as the tournament gets there in most cases. So yeah. it's probably very special for him, not just to win the PGA, but to win it at Wingfoot, to have the rainbow there, you know, I guarantee you that's in the top five memories of his life outside maybe personal memories, you know, family question. memories. No question. He may have signed more rainbow pictures in his life than any other picture. Yeah. So Billy, we, we've got to uh, tip our hats off to Baltusrol, another great 36 hole venue, had a lot of major championships. They're hosting the 2023 KPMG women's PGA event. That's coming up in just a few weeks, and that'll be exciting. I know you've played that. I've played that. We'll see it's how. It's another Tillinghast masterpiece. Yeah. You know, and in back in the day, those greens ran as fast or faster than Wingfoot. And um, uh, it's always it's always a masterpiece how they play there. The big greens, some big greens, some awesome shots there. It's a big golf course. We'll see how the ladies do. I'm sure they're going to do just fine. Baltusrol has the benefit of being on a big, big piece of property and have a quarry up top where they can yep. basically hit these a, balls up into that range. They have a great range that my friend redid from used to drive up until the hill. Then yep. they re redid it and they turned it the other way and they have hitting bays. They've got a big building over there. So they're hitting balls there all year round. It's a great, yep. great, it's a great facility. So anyway, the eighth West. But as Tillinghouse even said, he was unable to... The, to select a location for the uh, for the clubhouse there because of the topography of the of the gland, so that there was really only one place to put the clubhouse, and it's not halfway between uh, you know the the nines. It is like close it to isn't Wakefield Avenue though, and maybe that was one of the things too. There was already a major road there, right? Probably, right. maybe a dirt road. Who knows? Yeah, but you, you're right. You're out in the middle. They do have beautiful halfway house there, so you're out in the middle. Yeah, you're, 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 unlike Wingfoot, where each nine or yeah comes through any, there. Yeah, every 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 eight or nine holes, you're back to the clubhouse at Wingfoot. Right. So there's right. a lot of emergency nine opportunity and other things. Correct. Number one handicap hole. I mean, I'm not going to argue. There's you know, for a very good player, there may be harder holes for them, but for me, this is clearly one of the tougher holes. This in 17 West, right? Yeah, the two of them are equally difficult for me. And they're sister holes. They're very similar in a lot of ways. A lot of bad beats on this hole, right? A lot similar of Mongolian greens. reversals, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you're putting and the greens are very, actually yeah. very similar when you think about it. Somebody could be sitting there putting for birdie and walk off losing the hole to somebody who chipped up 10, 15 feet and made par. Right. The Mongolian reversal. Nothing like it in golf. I don't know where the term comes from. Maybe we ought to look that up. Uh, but bad beat, though, has a terminology in that other game we like. Bad beat, yeah. Experienced a bunch of them in my life. We're talking about bad beats, and I think it's time that we maybe talked a little bit about that other game we like, that uh, game of poker, right? Yeah, I love the game. I love we have our own personal story, right? But the, the bad beat is when you have a hand virtually not let's say 98 percent, because that would be the maximum number of advantage you could have in the game we play which is texas uh no limit right 
Why don't you describe Texas No Limit for everybody, and then I'll describe what we're looking here with Jennifer Harmon. I'll do it quickly because most people know it's it's what you see them play in the World Series of Poker on TV if you watch it. Every player gets two cards felt, dealt face down. Then there's wagering. Then the dealer turns up three community cards. Everybody can use all three or two or any one of them that they want. More betting. Then the third card, the fourth card is called the turn. More betting. And the fifth card, the river. More betting. And at the end of the day, you use your two cards in any combination with the five on the board to make your best hand. And in some cases, ironically, the five on the board are the best hand. That happens rarely, but it does happen. But yeah. there's all kinds of math that becomes very obvious. And if you look at the cards that we're looking at right here, the 10 and the seven of diamonds weren't weren't there on the flop. The uh, 10 jack queen, a rainbow flop, we call that because it's three different suits, were the flop. And Jennifer Harmon flopped what they call a set. That's three of a kind. So right. she's got three queens. So this queen here, the jack yep. and the 10. Yep. She has three a queens with hand. a jack 10. Yep. She has a very good hand, but at this point, when you just get three community cards and she's got the two queens, she's right. only got, as you say, she flopped trips, right? Right. So it's very unlikely that she's behind, but it turns out she was behind because Zeidman flopped a straight eight, nine in his hand and a 10 jack queen on the board. So right. Jennifer's so that's in at that there. point in time, which is important. At that point in time, she was behind. At that so point she, in time, yeah, she's behind, and Zeidman doesn't have what they call the nuts, which would be a hand that couldn't be beaten. Uh, what what would be the, the nuts right here at the queen? Ace-king. The ace-king would be the nuts, any yeah. ace-king. And people yeah. do and have the, ace-kings at this tournament, right? right. And then nine ja a nine-king would be the second nuts, and then eight-nine is the third nuts, and then queen-queen is the fourth nuts at that point. In this and, hand, in this hand, unfortunately, Jen Harmon does make the full house. Right. So on the community card turn, the fourth card or fourth street or the turn, she right. gets the 10. And what does she have at that point? She's got the second nuts. Only pocket tens can beat her. Only four tens can beat that hand she has after the turn. So she's Only got a full tens. house, three yep. queens over two tens. They get it all in. And guess what? She, she hits the straight flush on the river. He had that one out. Seven yeah, of diamonds. Of diamonds he had one out. Hand. So one the out. only card here 2%. was seven. Yeah. 2%. That's why she had a 98%. At this point, with one card to go, she had a 98% chance. Only x-ray vision saves her. That was the first example with Jennifer Harmon uh, playing Corey Zeidman, and she had to be figuring she's got this hand locked up. This is another interesting bad beat. That happened this is the worst bad beat in the history of poker because of the situation. This is the very first hand of the World Series of Poker where you pay $10,000 to get a seat in this tournament. Your very first hand, and you're this Hudson kid, and you flop a tens full of aces full house against an aces full of tens full house. It's absurd. It's, a, it's an Let's absurd. Let's go back a second. So Oliver Hudson, yep. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son, good looking guy, yep. got two tens here. And with that 10, he's got a full house. He's got three tens over two aces right there at the, at this part here at the flop. Yep. And that's when they got it. That's when he went all in, right? 
And, yep, and, and Farr has got the stone cold nuts at the front. He's snap cold. He's, yep. he's snap cold. He can't. He can't lose. The very Imagine first you're hand. sitting there. You pay ten thousand dollars. You're in the World Series of Poker, and your first hand. It's like, I'm going to double up. I flopped the full house, and the other guy's like, No, you're not. I'm going to double up because I flopped a better full house. It's it's unbelievable. There's it's a, a guy, hand that. Yeah. Unbelievable. And Sammy Farha, famous for having the cigarette unlit all the time. You can see how happy he is there. He's not even having a cigarette in his mouth. It's in his finger. It's in his hand, though. And uh yeah, it's in his hand. But this is a setup hand. If you ever saw anything that was the edge. Or if of you saw this in a movie, you'd say forget it. The, you know, yeah. this is like, like, in, like in Casino Royale, where where a Bond is supposed to be caught uh by a fake tell by uh the guy with the blood eye. Yeah, who has four jacks and and Bond thinks he's bluffing, uh, so he calls a big bet. But the chiffre, the le chiffre, le chiffre, yeah, the chiffre. But Bond had aces full of kings. There's he, it wasn't. It was a. It was a bad beat. It wasn't a bad call. It wasn't yeah. like he got out foxed. Nobody ever going to turn. There's only in the a one hand that can beat him. Anybody in the world would have called. Anybody. This hand they, here. This hand here, though, of Phil Ivy. Daniel Negrano, Doyle Brunson. If he they had the tens in this situation, sure. they're getting their money in because they yeah. know they know there's only one hand that can beat them. There's only one hand, and it's the ace ten. They don't put the other guy on that. I was in a game recently. I witnessed a hand where uh, one of the guys had uh, pocket sixes, and the flop came six four four. So Holy he, cow! He, he flops sixes full of fours. And the betting goes back and forth between I was in the hand. I flopped uh, four to the nut flush. So I called his bet and the, and the third guy called his bet. And the turn was a blank. Didn't give me my flush. The full house bets again. I'm still figuring I can, big bet, I can right? catch this. If I can catch this, this diamond or I forget what suit, you know, I, I get it. I'm going to get a big pot. And this guy calls and when he called, I was like, that bothers me because what can he have <laughs> and then the river was another blank i missed the flush he makes a big bet i finally fold which i should have done way long ago because as Two the weeks plumber ago, and teddy have both told me you do should. not chase flushes with a pair on the board you should have been in that hand in the first place you wouldn't nope, i just i just padded the pot for them <laughs> and this guy ends up going all in and of course the six is full there's a snap call and runs into pocket four. So this guy flopped quads. One guy flops a full house. One guy flops four of a kind. And he asked me afterwards, you know, what did I do wrong? I said, nothing. <laughs> I, Phil Helmuth, Daniel Negranu, Sammy Farha, you name them, is never folding that hand on the flop. Never, never. Unless you actually show them you, ca you caught four of a kind, you can't fold that hand. Can't be done. Now, when you're playing in a tournament, it's elimination. Oliver, yes, Hudson, he's out. He's gone. Yeah. And, a, and it, what we call a cash or a home game. Those are cash games where you, you know, just you buy more up, chips and keep playing. Up, uh, so much for so many chips. Yeah. And when you're all in. Whatever's in front of you, say you and I are playing, what's ever in front of me, and I make the bet and you put me all in and I snap call. That's for all my chips. Right. It's, it's yeah. called table stakes. You, can, you right. can never bet a guy out of the hand because you have more money than him. Right. If you have 
$50 left and somebody bets 300 at you, you can call for the 50. You don't win the 300. You can only get $50 of his bet. But yeah. that's table stakes. It's not in like the movies. In, they like to monkey with that. You know, not putting the, 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 what was it? The, uh, the car keys, the car keys, the yeah. whatever car that was, or in Cincinnati kid, Edward G. Robinson goes in and gets a whole stack. Of, I guess yeah. they had rules there. If you had it on you, you could bet it. Right. I, I you know, I've seen it in, in, in a couple of movies and I think they do it for dramatic purposes, but anybody as good as the Cincinnati kid or Edward G. Robinson in that movie, would not be playing poker for anything but table stakes because all it takes is a guy with $6 million to win the hand. That's right. Up at 6 million. There's no way the other guy can call. He doesn't have 6 million. He can't borrow any, you know, it's an, it's a, it's a nonsensical way to play cards. If you're not playing table stakes. Yeah. So hopefully we've given you a little education on the edgy cases and in almost every situation, bad beats are big pots. In the case of a World Series of Poker, it's an elimination of a guy. So if you started out with 100,000 chips and he had 100,000 chips and it's the first hand, now you double it up and that guy's right. on the road. In the case of a home game, it's whatever money's in front of him. Right. And he's belted. Billy, yeah. this has been great. Eight West is tough. It's given us a lot of bad beats. Hopefully we tied it in with poker to make it interesting. Get back to you on Warner Brothers 100th next time around. This is the worst bad beat in the history of poker because of the situation. This is the very first hand of the World Series of Poker where you pay $10,000 to get a seat in this tournament. Your very first hand, and you're this Hudson kid, and you flop a tens full of aces full house against an aces full of tens full house. It's absurd. And, yep, and, and Farha's got the stone cold nuts. Thanks for joining Thank us today. Billy Harmon. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please Arky. subscribe to the Two show and hit Claude the bell Harmon. icon so you get notified Movie classics. new episodes. Mark Gable. Hit them hard job. and hit them off. That's 36 holes.